I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers, with class sizes like about 16 per teacher. You can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. And now a steal by Tara Vinen as he takes that puck away from Pedersen. He'll flip it for Martinook. Martinook looks behind him, waits for some help. He'll drop it back. Tara Vinen with it. Out from Martinook, he scores! Short-handed! And the Canes strike first! Now another opportunity right off the face-off, and Kochetkov has to have the answer on Bluger. This is set out in front, and Kochetkov with the answer on Dakota Joshua, who was all alone in front. A clear-cut defensive breakdown, and Kochetkov has made three or four great saves. Big hit there. Hughes at the blue line. He looks for a shot deflected. They score! Elias Lindholm out front. The shot from Hughes, and a power play goal. And Elias Lindholm, that's a good way to impress your new teammates and upset your old ones. It's 1-1. Now back to the point, that long shot goes wide. Rebound chance by Garland. Did Kochetkov and Chatfield do a good job to seal that off? Chatfield may have saved a goal. After he had a chance, it was Ajo to clear the puck. Big hit and a necessary one from Slavin. That's good bite from Slavin. Ajo waiting, hanging on to the puck. Back up top, Burns. Ajo. Ajo shot, he scores! We're tied in two in Carolina. The All-Star delivers for the Canes. As this puck bounces on Kochetkov, rebound, they'll score. JT Miller to the loose puck and sweeps it into the yawning cage. And four minutes into the third, the Canucks have a 3-2 lead. Natchez with it, feeding it to Kanievi. And Demko with the save of the game right now for Vancouver. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast with your host, Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. As this puck bounces on Kochetkov, rebound, they'll score. JT Miller to the loose puck and sweeps it into the yawning cage. And four minutes into the third, the Canucks have a 3-2 lead. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. We are live on YouTube where you can watch, you can see the arena behind me. There's an NC State banner. There's a television I haven't turned off flickering in the background. And the Hurricanes lost to the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 3-2 to two tonight. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, if it's for the exterior of your home. You can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. You should check them out for all of your exterior home improvement needs. So... I'm going to big picture this, and then we'll kind of get down into the finer details of this. Just result tonight. Vancouver was the better team, deserved two points out of it. Carolina got what they deserved out of it, even though it could have been better. And, I mean, that's just, I think that is a fair statement. Vancouver dominated the first period. Somehow, Carolina was 1-1. Can't figure it out. I didn't think Vancouver dominated in terms of, you know, having Carolina under siege in the second period, but they had the puck more, a significant amount more, I believe, 
or at least Carolina couldn't control the puck. And ultimately, they got another power play goal. And we'll get into the goals later. And I was pleasantly surprised that Sebastian Ajo, who otherwise played, I thought, a very pedestrian game, got a power play goal, absolute laser beam of a wrist shot uh, just inside the corner of the... Uh, the crossbar and the right post from the left faceoff circle on the power play. Somehow Carolina got to the third period 2-2. And if you could finally get to your game, win the third period, honestly, it would have stolen two points. But that goal that you heard was A, unlucky. No doubt about it. Unlucky break for Carolina. But also, lazy. Flat lazy. And to me, that was the disappointing part of that. You're going to have bad bounces. This is why a lot of teams will try to, you know, hard rim the puck around the glass. You can get a strange bounce. We've seen pucks bounce off the, uh, the glass, not even behind the goal, and carry them right in front of the net. That one made it around behind before it hit one of the stanchions and came out in front of Kachetkov. It actually came out in between him and the goalpost. My problem with it was that he didn't react to it. It was as though he either didn't see it or he was just not moved by it. And I think that's... I mean, I'm not going to use words like unacceptable because like he could come back and play against Colorado and then we would say, well, I guess it was acceptable. I don't, I don't I'm not going to talk about it in those terms, but you have to just have more of a sense of urgency. And I didn't see that. And I thought that that's a terrible goal to allow. Again, it's about 60% unlucky and 40% lazy. And that combination is 100% a goal. And the more I look at it, I don't think anybody else is at fault. Slavin was on that side of the ice with Brock Besser. Burns was on the other side of the ice where Tyler Myers had hard-rimmed it around. And typically... You're waiting for, Kajekov went behind the net to play the puck, and I thought that maybe uh, if he got to the puck, he would have sent it up to Slavin. Slavin was in position to receive a pass. Burns was also in position maybe to receive a back pass. And nobody could get to the front of the net fast enough to prevent JT Miller from an easy backhand uh, upstairs where Mama hides the 3-2 win. And then Vancouver didn't have to do anything the rest of the way, other than just hope Carolina did not connect. Vancouver only had four shot attempts in the entire third period. So it wasn't like they were on top of it or on top of Carolina. But Carolina's desperation, their good moments in the game, did not occur until it was already 3-2. And they certainly did enough to get a goal in the last 
I think it really began in like the last 10 minutes. They did enough to get one. They just didn't get one. So I think you get what you deserve tonight. Carolina was not the better team. Um, I thought Jordan Jordan Martinook in the postgame, I thought he summed it up really well that Carolina wasn't, certainly wasn't good in the first period. Vancouver was way better. Uh, More even, but really more Vancouver's game in the second period. Then the unlucky slash lazy goal. And all of a sudden now with, you know, facing, uh, getting nothing out of a home game coming out of the 10-day layoff, the Canes finally did flip the switch, played a great last 10 minutes, but whatever. Assign whatever importance you want to it. I'm not going to assign much. Uh, So I think you get what you deserve, and that's unfortunate uh, because there was an opportunity to uh, gain a couple of points on the Rangers. You gave back one of the games in hand, getting nothing out of it. Uh, Philadelphia won tonight, so even though you've got two games in hand and a three-point lead, that gap is closed. Devils won tonight, beating Colorado. Pittsburgh won tonight. Uh, they beat, who was it, Winnipeg? So you want to get closer to the Rangers, but meanwhile, even though you've got games in hand or a wide gap, it's an opportunity to win a home game. And I brought this up. I brought this up really before the break, even though Carolina won three straight going into it. Remember the game in Boston they win, they come home against the Devils, then beat Arizona. Uh, it was a nice stretch to end the uh, the first half or into the pre-All-Star break season, uh, part of the season. But uh, we're kind of waiting for the Hurricanes to be not unbeatable at home, but just night in, night out, you're going to have to earn your points at PNC Arena. And I think Carolina has been mostly excellent at home. They haven't won all those games but they've been mostly excellent at home, but they're just basically 15 and 10 on home ice. They're 15, six and four in 25 home games. I mean, that's, that's good. It's not awesome. You'd like them to be awesome at home right now. They're not awesome at home. They're not better on the road than they are at home. Right. But, they should be better. It should be a lot harder to come in here and get points. But Vancouver was the better team, in my opinion, tonight. I will go through uh, some of the comments, and I've got a couple of editorialish things to say. Let me go through what I liked about tonight, because there was stuff to like, I thought. Adam Golden Studio with my friend Dallas Brule from the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You guys do so many things. Windows, doors, siding, gutters, awnings, roofing. Roofing. Roofing is the most important part of your home. You want to make sure you keep the water out. Our roofing products made by Certainty, the shingle roofing, it comes in a lot of different colors, a lot of different styles, but it has a 50-year, five-star warranty in all material and labor backed by the manufacturer. It's non-prorated. I've never heard of a 50-year warranty. I always hear like 20 or 30. Unless a tree hits the house or you have some storm damage, it'll be the last roof you ever put on your home. I like that. What about metal roofing? 
We do a lot of metal roofing. We got the standing seam, comes in a lot of different colors, and it'll last forever, but it doesn't have the 50-year warranty like the shingled roofing does. Sounds like you're pushing shingle roofing, which you should probably. It's affordable, and again, it's hard to beat because it's it's really the last roof you'll have to pay to put on your home. Dallas Brewer from the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, AluminumCompany.com. Uh, I like Tavo Teravainen tonight. thought Tavo was excellent tonight. I thought Jordan Martinook was the best player in the game tonight for Carolina. Really liked him. I like Jordan Stahl after the first period. <laughs> uh, I thought the... Uh, I thought there was very little to like about the first period other than, uh, matter of fact, my th- the only three things I liked about the first period were Martinuk, Teravainen, and Kachetkov, who I thought had a really good start to this game. I liked Seth Jarvis as the game wore on. And again, I liked Kachetkov for about the first 36 minutes of this. Um, also, I don't want to forget, because he was one of my three stars on the aftermath. I liked Jesperi Kotkaniemi tonight. And for those of you who know me, I have been super critical of Kotkaniemi. But I thought he played a good game tonight. And I think I get confirmation from that in these numbers. Kotkaniemi played just under 15 minutes tonight. Highest time on ice in his last seven games. And in the last three, he had really been a fourth-line center. He had played under 10 minutes in each of the last three games. But he won five of his seven face-offs. He had opportunities to score. I think he played with a little bit of physicality tonight, which was good. Um, he didn't get the goal, which is not good. And it's now one goal in his last 28 games, none in his last 17. Kokaniemi has to be a better player. Has to be. Well, we'll get into some other things about it, but he has to be a better player. And just for the sake of argument, or the sake of uh, limiting the, the little tentacles of conversations we could have. Let's just set aside the fact that he makes 4.8 or whatever he makes a year. Just like we're going to set aside for now what Dmitry Orloff makes a year. Ultimately, if Carolina is going to win a Stanley Cup, all of your players need to contribute regardless of what they earn. So... We need more from Jesperi Kokinami, but I thought tonight, this is not, I'm searching for something like at times we were doing with Tavo Teravainen last year. There's no question that Kokinami was a good player tonight. Now, he's got to come back against Colorado on Thursday, just like his teammates, by the way, and be good again. And maybe it'll translate into a goal. It's going to happen for him. If he can play with a little bit of physicality, use the middle of the ice, which I think he used better tonight uh, than he has in recent games, then he's a big body, and he's got talent. He just has to continue to play. Um, Jack Drury had taken over his spot 
Maybe tonight, even though he didn't score, maybe tonight gives him some opportunity, uh, gives him an opportunity maybe with some better players. Look, I'm not, I'm not arguing for it. I don't know how Rod's going to take, uh, you know, handle this. One game doesn't necessarily put you back uh, into, uh, we'll call it, you know, number two center spot. But he was good tonight. He was better than Jack. Jack wasn't very good uh, tonight. Here's what I didn't like about tonight. I didn't like the All-Star. I thought Sebastian Ajo scored a goal. But in the first two periods, I thought Sebastian Ajo uh, fought the puck tremendously. I thought he was not engaged physically or defensively. I didn't think he was good with the puck. I didn't like anything about his game. He was ordinary. He can't be ordinary. And here's the thing. He hasn't always been dominant. but for the most part, in the last two months, I've been excellent. And even if, even when he was just doing little things, excellent, good with the puck, good defensively, all of that. And tonight, I was wondering if he was still in Toronto for a while, but he scored the goal and he got him even in the second period. And I think he was actually better in the third. The team was better, but it was also better after. Vancouver went up three to two. Uh, so I didn't like that. I did not like the second and third goals. Um, I thought for the most part, Kachetkov was good. And I thought he was really good in the first period. I thought he was mostly good in the second period. Couple of rebounds. He didn't see a lot of shots in the second period. But there's no reason to be as deep as he was on the second goal. If you're on top of your crease, there isn't a tip. Or if there is, there's no room for the tip to avoid your body. But when you're as deep as he was in the crease, there's room. So while, was it a deflection? Yeah. Should Kachetkov have played it better? Yes. Both of those things can be true. And the third goal, as I talked about earlier, 60% unlucky, 40% lazy. If you're 0% lazy, you have a chance. But when you're lazy, you have no chance. That was the disappointing part of that goal for me. You can't do anything about bad luck. It just happens. But you can you can pursue the puck or scramble to get back in your crease better than he did. And uh, he didn't. I also didn't like the puck handling for just about all of this one. It was atrocious. It was awful. And... This was to me this was the layoff. I don't think Vancouver was great, but they were better than Carolina at it. So that's what I liked and what I didn't like. 
Right, let me go through a couple of questions here, a couple of comments, and um, and we'll get to uh, a few other things. Uh, from uh, Shivam. By the way, shouts to you wherever you are. If you are in Australia, Adelaide, Perth, wherever, g'day. If you are in Dublin, and why would you be awake if you're in Dublin, Ireland? Maybe if it was an afternoon game. Uh, Alaska? I don't know. Wherever you are. Uh, thank you very much for spending some time with us here on the Canes Corner Podcast on YouTube. Uh, from Shivam Patel. Really hurts to see Lindholm score two on the power play against us tonight. Are you trying to hurt me? Are you trying to hurt me, Shivam? So here we'll get to Editorial comment number one. It hurts. Personally, it hurts me that Elias Lindholm came in here and scored two goals and beat Carolina. I can't say this enough. If you live solely off a stat sheet, then maybe you think Elias Lindholm's game has slipped. 28, drafted all the way back in 13 at the age of 18. And a couple of years removed from back-to-back elite seasons, right? He was a plus 62 one year. Process that for me. He was a plus 62. Yes. Did he have Johnny Gaudreau on the left and Matthew Kachuk on the right or vice versa? Yeah, he did. Playing with two world-class players. But guess what? Elias Lindholm is a world-class two-way centerman. It's not even playing center. He didn't play center tonight. He played the right wing with uh, Pedersen and Mikhaev. But he'd be a center on this team if he were with Carolina. He would be their number two center, and he would make the two guys on his wings significantly better. Again, you can't live your life looking at a spreadsheet and think that tells you everything. It's a tool. It's nothing more than a tool. If you look at natural stat trick today, or tomorrow, if anybody ever uses that website for advanced analytics, it will tell you that Carolina was at least as good, maybe a little bit better than Vancouver tonight. It's lying. Numbers sometimes do lie. Don't say numbers never lie. Sometimes they do. What is uh, what is the phrase? Lies, damn lies, and statistics? Yeah. Elias Lindholm is an elite two-way centerman who can still play, who can still skate. And I have made zero bones about how I thought not only should Carolina go get him, but they should go get him and sign him. I don't know what that number would be. 
it would not be what Sebastian Ajo uh, is being paid. It might be a shade more than Carolina wanted to pay for a number two center. But you don't have one, and you don't have one coming. Jarvis isn't a center. Natchez isn't a center. You don't have a number two center. Jesperi Kotkaniemi is not a number two center. He's not good enough. At best, he's a three. And in the long run, he might not be better than Jack Drury. Carolina's got a lot of unrestricted free agents this year. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that for a separate podcast. But the package that Carolina, or that rather, that Vancouver gave Calgary for Kokaniemi, for rather for <laughs> Freudian, uh, for Lindholm, I think Carolina, if they wanted to, could have come close to it. I don't know if they could have gotten there, so obviously maybe you can't get them anyway. But I think the real point is that not really interested. There was interest, but it was tepid, and it certainly wasn't today or last week. And I will let me just interject something here about the person who swung the deal. There is a reason why Jim Rutherford is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. There's a reason. Stuff like that has him in the Hockey Hall of Fame. 2006, this is before any Carolina Hurricanes injury. End of January, we could use another center. We could use an elite player. Doug Waite, boom. Got him. Gave up a first-round pick for him, I believe. Then, when the unfortunate injury to Eric Cole happened, right after the Olympics, I think it was March 1st, in Pittsburgh, Brooks Orpik. Got to replace him, Mark Recchi. No hesitation. I understand that it only gives you, only increases your percentage of winning by a small margin. I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. Always have, always will. Because I don't believe that the numbers are accurate. I don't think they tell you the story. I think they can be used. I think numbers can be used as a crutch. And again, I hate to make it about Lindholm simply because I don't know if Carolina had the pieces to get. Here's what Vancouver gave up. A first, a fourth. Now, the first is probably going to be one of the last picks in the draft. Okay. A fourth. And uh, a roster player, who, by the way, uh, Kuzmenko scored in Calgary's win over Boston in Boston tonight. Go figure. That's sort of like Clemson winning at Carolina. What? Yes, that happened. Um, probably because I picked the Tar Heels to win. 
a roster player who can score, and two defensive prospects, the better one, a former third-round pick who's like on a 100-point pace uh, defenseman in the uh, Ontario Hockey League, and the other, a big, young, good-skating Finnish defenseman who's still playing over uh, in Europe. So the chances of one of those prospects hitting, I don't know, one in three. The chances of both of them, one in six. The uh, Kuzmenko, they probably won't have next year or he'll send them along to somebody else. They might move them again. Trade deadline's not for another five weeks. First round pick again. Might be the 32nd pick overall. Carolina could have come pretty close to that. You could have given them a first, a fourth, Scott Morrow, the defenseman out of, uh, where is it, UMass? And you could have given them, maybe it's Ponomarov. I know everybody likes Ponomarov, but prospects are just prospects. I don't know. Maybe you could have given him Kokaniemi. I don't know if Calgary was interested. Maybe Calgary was not interested in Kokaniemi. I have no idea. But there were pieces to put together that might have approached what Vancouver offered. Again, I it, it's, it's a waste of everybody's time for me to sit here and however many minutes I've just spent talking about that. But it, to me, it was really about they didn't want to invest the money in Lindholm beyond this year. So any trade for an Elias Lindholm or a center who could play was probably, if, if there was no term on the contract, they're not interested. Now, there are centers out there with term on their contract who might be options. And we'll get into those at a later podcast. I want to go through as many teams as I can and try to pick out players. I have a couple that I think actually might be pretty good as options. Um, but I want, I want to wait for a, uh, for another podcast. My point is that the, the mindset of, well, Lindholm isn't what he was a couple of years ago. He's asking for too much money. well, he might be. Most players ask for too much money. Tavo Teravainen, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Jordan Martinuk, Jalen Chatfield. These guys are all going to ask for too much money. But you got to pay somebody. And you got to put a team on the ice. And I've been hearing for three years, uh, this is not the time to go all in. This is not the time to go all in. This is not the time to go all in. When is the time? I'm just curious. I just need to know. When is the time? Uh, Not saying they won't try to add, but to use a phrase that only our grandparents used, I'm from Missouri or Missouri. Show me. Show me. J-Man, I think a goalie interference challenge would have been worth a shot on the last goal. Hey, uh, I don't think so. Uh, you know, there are people who think it was offside. I thought Vancouver tagged up, uh, but I did. I haven't seen 
like tons of replays on it. I think uh, I think it was a good goal. Uh, I think it was a bad goal at the same time. I think it was a bad goal at the same time. Um, see what else uh, I want to get to. There really isn't much more from the game. Uh, I thought Carolina was fortunate to be in position to have a chance heading into the third period. 2-2 going into the third. Some, there were some comments on Twitter about the Hurricanes not having a killer instinct. I don't think that's the right way to phrase it. I don't see any difference in their mindset, attitude, whatnot from a year ago. I don't think that Carolina has played as well consistently as they did a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. Let's remember, we're coming off three consecutive division championships when Carolina was the third best team in the league and the best team in the East, sort of, in the pandemic central. (laughs) Um, To me, they were the best team in the, the central, and I guess it was called the Metro that year, although Carolina didn't play in the Metro. But those two divisions, I thought Carolina was the best team in those two divisions combined. Then they win the Metro two years in a row. They weren't better than Boston last year, obviously. And they weren't better than Florida the previous year, obviously. But they were the second and the third best teams in the NHL the last two years. And the year before that, they were the third best team in the crazy pandemic year. And I think the difference between those three seasons and this one, honestly, was just Carolina played more regularly to their identity. And I think there are still times they fight that. I can't tell you why, but I don't think it's about killer instinct. I think it's just that they have not been as consistently good throughout an entire game in terms of playing the way they want to play. I talked about it with Rod, and he's right. They've played really well. I mean, they played really well the last few games of the pre-All-Star break. Let me just go back to it because it's easier to just look at the uh, the scores. Uh, they played well against Arizona. They played really well. Played dynamite against the Devils and the Bruins. Really, really well uh, in those two games. Um, they played well at times against Minnesota, but not well enough, obviously. You know, they held, what, they held Minnesota to 19 shots on goal, right? They held Detroit in a win to 12 shots. on. So they have, there have been some really, really good, sound, Hurricanes, hockey-ish looking games of late. They just haven't been on top of it every single night. Like, for the most part, they were last year, the year before, the year before that. I will point out that last year, the last month and a half, they were just good enough, and they hung on to win the division. I'm hoping that Carolina will have a better finish. I'll also just close on this because we're already beyond a half hour, and that's pretty much what I'm trying to do. One more thing I'll answer. 
No Andrei Svechnikov matters a lot. A lot. Again, they'd won their last three without Svech, so it's not like they can't win without him. Their record with him uh, is 18-8-3. Their record without him is 10-7-2. Now it's 10-8-2. So they're a better team with him. The underlying numbers are about the same without and with Svechnikov. They just win more games with it. Again, sometimes the numbers are lying to you. So, got to get him back in the lineup. I think it's frustrating, Rod, because they really thought he would be back by this time. But remember, it's an upper body. Svechnikov is a physical player. The last thing we want is Svechnikov to come back before he's ready and then for him to miss time again. They need him healthy in April to get to May to get to June. All right, final thing. Because after the Lindholm trade, I forget who it was, tried to tell me that, oh, just go get Nick Schmaltz. They're about the same player. I'm sorry. Again, this is what happens when you live life on a spreadsheet. When you're, when you're looking at money puck or uh, natural stat trick or whatever, and you're getting your data from there, the gap between Lindholm and Nick Schmaltz, who's not a bad player, he just isn't significantly better than, like, he'd be Carolina's third center. And he's terrible. In the, he doesn't even take faceoffs that much. So the right shot that Carolina needs, and again, in a later podcast, I'll come up with more some names to give you at people that I think Carolina uh, might be interested in and might be available. None of them are even close to as good as the guy wearing 23 out here tonight. I mean, Nick Schmaltz isn't even close to, his, to Elias Lindholm. Not even close. And again, not a bad player, but he doesn't move the needle. He doesn't change the calculus. He doesn't make Carolina better. He just doesn't. And that is unfortunate, but that's the truth. All right, let's get out of here. I apologize if I didn't get to your question. We'll try to, uh, by the way, stop being so negative. Seriously, stop being negative. I don't want to hear it. 33 games left in the season. Carolina is right on the heels of the Rangers. Can win this division for the same price. They're not even playing their best hockey. The Rangers careered it for about two and a half months. Their goalie has not played great. Maybe Shesterkin will come back uh, and play much better in the last 30-some-odd games. But stop being negative. Stop uh, predicting gloom and doom. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at the Jagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.
Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 8-777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job. You should check them out for all of your heat exterior home improvement needs. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, they have it all. Uh, until Thursday against the Colorado Avalanche, that should be fun. They don't have any former Hurricanes, last I checked. Or do they have uh, Jack Johnson? Yeah, I ain't worried about Jack Johnson. Uh, all right. Uh, hope everybody has a uh, a wonderful last couple of hours of or last hour of Tuesday, or if you're in Australia, isn't it already like Thursday? Anyway, take it easy. I pre- appreciate all of you hanging out here on the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam. See you Thursday. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.